do you believe in sports curses? Mike White, who's supposed to be the next big thing with the Jets, goes down in the first quarter. But they're saying there's got to be a curse on the Jets. And our question to you, the viewers, is do you believe in sports curses? Can't make up my mind whether I believe in them or not. Because on one hand, I say the harder you work, the luckier you get. But on the other hand, I'm very spiritual and believe there's a plan and all the rest. So I, I don't know. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Welcome to Hour 2, everybody, broadcasting live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, specifically the stage bar. It's Calgary's entertainment destination. And we're having a fantastic time on episode number 750. That's a bit of a watermark number. Episode 750 of your favorite daytime sports. Right. Daytime sports entertainment talk show coming at you on Game Plus Television. So I say hey to all the Canadian sports fans and the Americans that are watching down south on Game Plus or YouTube Live. Hey, big night last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tampa won big time in Toronto. They've evened that series up at 1-1. The Oilers, we had the big ceremony in hour one. As a matter of fact, put the camera on our guest if you don't mind, guys. Cheryl Bernard is with us. Uh, Olympian, champion, broadcaster. You see that Orders jersey over your shoulder there, Cheryl? We have a little thing. The Orders or the Flames, depending on who wins, get displayed on the stage. So we had a ceremony last hour. Orders won. How are you on the Orders? I'm, I'm having trouble sitting beside that jersey. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> True Flames She's fan. a Calgary girl, Cheryl Bernard. So we've had a lot of fun here. And the president and CEO of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. Cheryl's been gracious enough to stick with us here for the first segment of Hour 2. And we talked about the Flames last hour with her. The Flames are home tonight to the Stars, 8 p.m. They're looking to go up two games to none. And there's a lot of questions that have come in for Cheryl. And this role of president and CEO of Canadian Sports Hall of Fame is no small job. That's why I'm so happy that you stuck with us for a little bit. It's a big week for you. It is. Or next week or, yeah. Next week. So May 12th is the day that we reveal the class of 2022 in the morning at a big national media conference. So we reveal who that class is going to be. And then that evening in Calgary, we have a celebration called the Power of a Story. And it's an education fundraiser, effectively, for all our education programs. But we have the class come in that evening. They tell some incredible stories about sport. And we celebrate what sport means in the city and uh, what these incredible inductees um, have done for our country. Are you the person that gets to make the call to the inductees to tell them? No, you know mm. what? I don't have a lot. We have a massive 16-person selection committee. They're national across this country, uh, sports historians, media, and uh, it's a lot of work, and they spend hours and hours. We had 284 nominations they had to go through this year, and Holy we only smokes. inducted a class of 10. It's a tough job. I wouldn't want it, uh, but every year I say, this is the best class I've ever seen, and this is the best class I've ever seen. Wow, I can't wait. I can't wait. And but the thing is, we're going to be gone from Calgary, but you said Lee Genier, you don't mind if he reps us? Nope, at your not event? at all. I already invited Lee. Lee's oh, coming. good. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So there are some questions relating to curling and that. For one, Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in and says, did I hear Dave Dickinson's on tomorrow? You did. Dave Dickinson, the coach of the Stamps, will be here tomorrow at Grey Eagle. Jeff also wants to know, is it true that the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame is leaving Calgary? Absolutely not. Um, you know, Canada Sports Hall of Fame is dedicated to the city, but we have gone through a bit of a reimagining. Um, you know, we've, we've realized that the location we have is just not the high traffic location it needs to be. And so our next move will be downtown to downtown Calgary, some, some kind of a physical location down there. But at this time, what we're doing is focusing a lot on all of our programs, 
being beyond our walls. So we're reaching into communities with exhibits down at the Calgary Tower. We're doing education programs that are reaching across this country into classrooms. Uh, we're doing our recognition programs. We're doing uh, off-site exhibits that we set up in communities across this country and traveling exhibits. So we're actually wow. reaching more Canadians now than we ever before with the build it and they will come concept. I think you have to be more engaging, tell more stories, um, elevate these Hall of Famers and the lessons that they've learned through sport. And we're doing that through all of our pillars. I love it. Good for you. It's pretty amazing. They certainly have the right person in your role. Um, from Andrew Stute, a Quebecer that now lives in Saskatchewan, writes in, I, he, says, he says, I heard a lot about Cheryl when I was lucky enough to work for Ernie Richardson. She's a very inspirational lady. Would love to meet her someday. Bonjour, Cheryl. The Richardsons. Wow, the, the Richardson family, incredible family, incredible. Um, I was fortunate enough to have been able to spend time with them. That is, that is Canadian royalty in sport, curling sport. The best, all of them, the best. Uh, I could tell, you could tell stories. I could tell stories all day. <laughs> Most about I can't tell. Actually. Oh, I know. Well, I'll tell you this. The last time the trials, I believe it was when the trials were in Regina. Sammy was speaking, some curling event. And he broke down crying at the podium. And he said, this is my last public speaking event. So you're very lucky to be in the room because this is my last time. Sorry, everybody's crying in the room. And I walked up to Sammy. I put my hand on his back. I said, Sammy, tell me it's not true. I can't believe you're never going to speak. Again, he goes, well, I might. <laughs> that is Sam Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I believe he did go on to do several more. Um, John in Edmonton, I'm not sure this is a question for you. I'm going to put it to you anyways. He says, what has, why has Edmonton not hosted a curling tournament, a big curling tournament in the last several years? You know, it's interesting because cities bid. I get asked that question a lot about Calgary. Cities bid for it. They have to put up some pretty decent dollars to bid for these events. Um, the last big event that I remember in Edmonton, massive event, was probably the 09 Olympic trials. It's yeah. been a while. But now I think with their new venue, maybe they'll bid for more. But it seems like curling events are going to just a bit smaller size towns. You uh, mean not the big capital Edmontons and Calgarys. Mm -hmm. It's going to smaller Lethbridge, hosted the Briar this year. So And they filled the place. They did. And it's rocking. I did. I, I am listening to you. I'm trying to find a specific comment. Somebody had asked what the future was. Ryan NH on YouTube says, what does Cheryl think about curling and youth players? Are we positioned well for the future? You know, I'm a bit concerned in that area because I think, uh, you know, really what's happened is a lot of, of the younger players aren't able to play in the provincials. They, they, they're, they're running up against the professionals now. So a young team to go into our Alberta provincials is going to have to play Botcher and they're going to have to play Cooey. And so a lot of these teams, I think, don't enter. A lot of teams don't want to put that big entry fee up because they know they're not going to get through. But the experience is so valuable. And, and I've been saying for years, I think that our country needs to, to, to create a web.com effectively. So kind of that younger tier program in curling where they play against each other. And then you bring maybe the top five teams up into the professional tour. And so now you have a feeder system yeah. that starts to build it. I think we're getting there. Curling's gone through so many transitions in the last few years. And I think we're starting to see that we're gonna have to work really hard on the grassroots to build that up so we don't lose kids. Well, it's cool that Ben 
was here, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and he said that you guys as a curling community are looking at yourselves as to what needs to be done better because yeah. it's not sitting well that Canada's not holding the world right now. No. It was the sense that I got from Ben. There, yeah, I love that Ben said that because we're responsible. It's not just our association. We're yeah. responsible as role models. We're responsible as ambassadors for the game, and I think that's really you know, top shelf to look at it that way. John in Edmonton says specifically the 2017 World Men's Curling Championship. 2017 was the last one, but it was at the old arena, Rexall Place. Right. So, but I mean, there's competition for these events. I get it. It's a big country with a lot of venues. There is. And, yeah. you know, we went to a Briar in Kingston. I'm thinking that was probably three years ago. It was incredible. Yeah. You know, th those areas, I think, don't have as many opportunities for other events. So they fill those buildings to the rafters and it's fun. Speaking of, there is breaking news today from the world of hockey that Moncton and Halifax, a joint bid, have been awarded the 2023 World Junior Hockey Championship. And the reason people are talking about that specifically is Regina and Saskatoon put in a bid. I believe Ottawa did as well. But Moncton and Halifax got it. And congratulations to them. I can tell you, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be in Edmonton in August with this show broadcasting from the World Juniors, the 2022, the delayed world juniors finn watching in winnipeg says thank you rod and cheryl for getting to ryan's question very insightful response now as a broadcaster this is in the time we have left you got to tell me some good broadcasting okay. stories of all my friends that have gone from being on the field of play into the booth they all have their own story a great example is paul lapolis are you a cfl fan yes lapo's very like he's a family to me <laughs> and i said what was the biggest thing for you lapo and he goes having to be critical yeah because i didn't want to criticize my friends no but they were making me. Yeah, there's there's a balance there, yeah. right? I, I had that, a real tough time with that, to be honest, because I remember playing and hearing the criticism from the broadcasters when I was out in the ice. And some right. of it stings. And, you know, I'm always a little bit careful because curlers, in my opinion, they're not being paid millions and millions of dollars. And so, and there's families and wives and girlfriends at home and there's mothers and fathers. And, and I think they're doing their best out there. I will always show another option or talk about another option mm -hmm. because I think that's what the fans need to hear at home. Criticize, I'm probably not that person. Um, you know, I've made enough mistakes in my career at the game, so I just want to show the fans at home that there's some other options. They could maybe look at this, but at this point in this time, you make the best decisions as a player on the ice, and I think we need to support that. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be your way the more that I get to know you. No. But then you look at a guy like Russ Howard, as good a guy as you're going to find, he doesn't mind criticizing. Nope. It's, and so <laughs> we, we play off really well with each other yeah. because it's a good, you know, balance that I can point out the options. Russ will say, you know, I probably wouldn't do that. Um, so it's, it's a good, you each have your own uh, personality in the booth. It's not something it's trained. It's really who you are and what your personality is like. And, and, uh, and the chemistry between the three of us is pretty unique too. Yeah. What do you like about it? It, you know, I asked when I first took that job, I asked TSN, you know, is there training? Like, you guys are asking me to come do this. And they said, nope, just come. We're going to do the Continental Cup in Canmore and just come. So I did one event and then they asked me back for another event. And finally, I said, if I'm going to keep doing this, is there some training? And they said, you know, we don't train people in this role because it really comes down to chemistry between the three of you and we can't train chemistry. So if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And there's really nothing we can do to train the chemistry to be better or worse. So mm -hmm. so in the end, it worked really well and the chemistry was there and 
and I was really fortunate to work with two really great professionals and some fun people, and and so it's it's been a great ride. Well, plus they want you to just be you and sort of do it your own way, like Joel McCusker is another friend of mine, right? And she's done a great job. She does it her own way, and yeah. I, I love Joan's way, and it's not my way, and, yeah. and Joan's not doing it the way I do it either. I think you have to be you. Um, people, Not everybody's going to like you. That's the hardest thing you have to get to understand in that role. And I'm good with it now. It took me a bit. Is not everybody's going to like your style, and that's okay because if everybody did, then you're probably not being your true self on there anyway. So you have to live with criticism, and people don't like that you criticize one of their kids on the ice or that you, um, you know, didn't agree with a call. But that's my role in there, and the people I'm responsible for is to Russ sitting on one side of me and Vic sitting on the other, and the broadcast station. Mm -hmm. But you would say I would hope or agree that curling is in tremendous shape in this country right now i think curling feels like it is, is fantastic yeah. i think it's doing really well yeah well the thing the reason i bring that up is the more you get the curlers out there and doing interviews like this i think does help or else i told you about rachel home and meeting her and i was afraid <laughs> to meet her i thought she might bite my head off and then i find out she's the coolest girl in the league it's, it's, right? I, I don't think people get, the one thing with curling though that's unique is you get to hear Ben Hebert or Cheryl Bernard or Kevin Cooey talk for two and a half hours in a game. And you honestly get to know their personality mm -hmm. because as players, you forget you have the mic on. So you do actually get to know people unlike football or unlike hockey where you're not getting that intimate back and forth. So I do think curlers have the advantage of gaining some really great fans because of who they are on the ice, what they are as a teammate, how they are as leaders. And, and I think that's a really cool part of our game. Yeah, it is. And just my last thing, when you mentioned the bubble and how tough it was, when it was here, did you have in and out privileges or did you have, because you live here, or did you have to stay in the bubble the whole time? I could see my house from the hotel and I couldn't go to it for three months. Yeah, it was, it was not a good time. Well, you don't know. And what's cool, Clearly, I could go on all day with you, but Tommy Wielden Jr. Yes. One of the, another exceptionally cool cat. He came down here and left that scarf the other day. He said the bubble for the CPL was in uh, Charlottetown, PEI, yeah. and he goes, we could see the ocean, <laughs> and we couldn't go participate <laughs> in the ocean. I couldn't get so to it. It would be so painful. It was. It was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. And even walking yeah. around the hotel, it was a chain-link fence around it, so all we could do is walk around and around the hotel like a jail almost yeah it was interesting very yeah. interesting last time for me doing that well <laughs> like we say hopefully we learned something from it and i think we all did cheryl thanks so much this has been a blast keep in touch thanks rod thanks. cheryl bernard the president and ceo of the canadian sports hall of fame curling champion broadcaster the moose will join us next and we'll get to a sports update taco time viewer takeover and more you're watching the rp show on the game plus television network available all across bc and alberta on telus optic tv channel 924 also youtube live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed It is the RP Show, and by the way, the Calgary Flames host the Dallas Stars at the Saddle Dome for Game 2 of their Stanley Cup first-round series tonight. Flames won the opener 1-0 on Tuesday with Elias Lindholm notching the only goal and Jacob Markstrom stopping just 16 shots for the shutout. 
I'm just going to launch into the sports update here right now. Elsewhere in the NHL tonight, the Pittsburgh Penguins are at MSG looking to build on their triple overtime win in the series opener. The Washington Capitals can take a 2-0 series lead on the Panthers with a win in Florida, and the Nashville Predators trail the Avalanche 1-0 as they play Game 2 in Denver. Fresh off a 2-1 win over the Yankees at Rogers Center that snapped New York's 11-game win streak. The Toronto Blue Jays visit Cleveland for a four-game series with the Guardians. The Jays will send Jose Barrios to the mound against Cleveland's Aaron Civale. Brooklyn Nets say Ben Simmons will have surgery today to alleviate pain in his back caused by a herniated disc. The number one pick in the 2016 draft didn't play in Philly after requesting a trade, citing mental health concerns. After he was dealt to Brooklyn in February for James Harden, he was bothered by the back while trying to rebuild his conditioning. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. Visit today dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars now with eight amazing flavors including the new Almond Mocha RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show order yours now at g2gbars.ca from the chat from Ryan H great chemistry between Rod and Cheryl today what a great conversation this has been from Randy in Winnipeg gotta love the RP guests the best She's a friend of Lee's. Got to thank him. It's a team effort, of course. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says the Olympic Saddledome is the place to be tonight. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Okay, Moose. We have Darren Moose DuPont here as well. And they're loving the Orders jersey over the uh, your shoulder. The Orders won. Yeah. That ceremony was fun last hour. I feel like we should add some candles or something. I know. Some some music music yeah we could you know the, the boys could drop the angel music when we do that you know in the future when we put ah. the jersey up. Ah. but i feel like yeah the big ceremony needs to be the jersey needs to be walked out and but it's okay we can evolve the ceremony it's okay there you go this the greatest job in the world because my homework and me getting ready for the show is to watch sports highlights and read articles and talk to people <laughs> in the sports industry. And I got to say this about Florida. I'll be very, very upset if the Panthers lose this series. I, I don't know what's going to happen tonight in game two. A lot of pressure. But, of course. There's pressure on everybody. But the comeback cats, which you folks know, I've been on their train since September. Training camp, I was there in Sunrise and going to preseason games. And now here we are. Follow this best season of Panthers history. President's Trophy winners, which I would never even want the President's Trophy, by the way. Wouldn't want it. It's a kiss of death. They were up 2-1 going to the third period the other night. The comeback cats, and they took their eye off the puck. I said, this comeback thing's going to bite them in the ass in the playoffs. They were so proud of that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I wonder, the, for me, you know, before that series started, we didn't know if Ovechkin was going to play. We didn't know if Ekblad was going to play. They both played game one. They'll both play game two. But for me, where's the pressure on Barkov and Huberto in the game? Where were they? Because in Toronto, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have shown up and are playing. In Edmonton, McDavid and Dreisaitl have shown up and are playing. Calgary, we don't know if Goudreau, Goudreau and Kachuk are going to fill the net. They had trouble scoring in game one, but I think they'll be fine. So the stars have pressure on them, right? And in, in Florida, it's those two. They got to step up tonight. They're getting paid a lot of money. That's right. Uh, between the two of them. But the thing is, you're up 2-1. 
at home going to the third in a playoff opener. You need to lock it down. I don't even put that on Sergey Bobrovsky, on Bob. I don't. So, yeah, that's like, I'm not going to the Flames game tonight. We're going to watch a doubleheader here. Yeah, I see that the, the Panthers Capitals on Sportsnet 360, Flames Stars on CBC. Do you have a doubleheader in you? Of course. Yes. And I, I will let you know, I don't know if you know this, we have a correspondent going to the game tonight. Hmm? We have a correspondent. Well, you wouldn't want to tell me. <laughs> I just, I'm getting, I'm just texting with him right now. So, uh, who is it? Our, our boy Justin Dunk is in town. He's going to the game. And uh, so we will have content from Good. inside the Scotiabank's hat alone tonight. Uh, from Tacona in Winnipeg says, Keep the faith, Rod. Cats got this. Well, and I saw what, was it Sam Bennett? I think it was Sam Bennett. One of them said, Hey, we're not worried. We know that we're a good team. I would suggest that they are infinitely the better team. I mean, we're going into the playoffs. Our playoff bracket, I wrote it down, is our pool is being led by Ryan Marushak. Do you know Shaq? He's a yeah. hockey, hockey scout from Saskatoon. When I was filling out those boxes, they had both Capitals goalies in there, which tells me that nobody knew who was even going to play in goal for Washington. And I went with Samsonov, or is it Varlamov? I don't even know. <laughs> Neither one of them played. It was the guy that starts with a V. Uh, Somebody, oh, BW watching in Edmonton. $700 for a single ticket to an NHL playoff game? That's what I paid for a garden shed. (laughs) That's pretty good. Some people get decisions to make. Priorities, right? Lee's saying that's cheap. Yeah. I don't... Who are these people buying these tickets? Which, you know, we haven't spent much time on the Arizona Coyotes for obvious reasons. They're the worst team in the NHL. But it came up again the other day, the $14,000 season ticket the Coyotes are selling when they move into the new rink. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's that out of line. Uh, You can ask for a million dollars for a season ticket if they get it. Will somebody pay? Somebody will pay. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of rich guys in Arizona. A lot of shysters in Florida and a lot of rich guys in Arizona. It's only 5,000 people who can go watch Connor McDavid when he comes to town. Or Sidney Crosby, who's still a big draw. Or Austin Matthews, who's probably the biggest draw in that market. Um, So I think there's there's money there. And for season ticket holders, they'll... They're banking on there being money in the resale market too. Those season, the people who are buying those season tickets. They're banking on, look, there's going to be a lot of demand. So when Matthews comes in, I can take the cheapest season ticket, which is like $80 a game, which is kind of high. Well, it's very high for us. You know, the cheapest in the building. And I can flip that for $150 or $200 a ticket or more because there's going to be so much demand. Now, if this is a complete disaster and they're not filling that barn, we're going to have some problems. Well... <clears throat> It's funny that Gary Bettman comes into Calgary and says the other night, you guys need a new rink. So I didn't see the quote, but I could just imagine how dismissive he was with that comment, right? Right. Uh, Gary, why don't you focus on Phoenix and the shit show that is the Coyotes? Let's talk about that. At least this rink's full. At At least this team won the division. Who wants to say that to Gary? Because I don't. He's my buddy. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> that interested in that. But you know what I mean? What yeah. you, stop, stop it. By the way, Larry, 
You're going to say something? Well, the part of being a commissioner, though, is you can't forget about everything else and only focus on that. You got to kind of have, you're juggling everything all at the same time. So when he's in Calgary, Calgary needs a new arena. Oh, I feel like the whole city of Calgary collectively could say, yeah, we know. What are you going to do about it, Gary? <laughs> like this is news. Why just, can we show you the football stadium? Larry Dye in Medicine Hat writes in, uh-oh, are we doing the con comment of the week for taco time? I think we are, right? We got the gift cards. You got two people to see in Medicine Hat now. Uh, I'm not doing two visits. You got to all come to the same place at the same time. He says, Taco NHL playoff favorites. T for Toronto. A for Avalanche. C for Calgary. O for Oilers. You know what that's? Give me a T. Give me an A. <laughs> Give me a C. Give me an O. What do we got? What does Taco. it spell? Taco. Come on. That would be very Lee Genier worthy marketing right there. All right. So I need to drop off some Tough Tribe and a gift card for Taco Time in Medicine Hat. It looks like we're meeting at Taco Time now. <laughs> and there's one conveniently right off the highway. Right? I've been. I was actually in Moose Jaw the other day, and that seems to be a Taco Time mecca as well. Well, it's what I've done on my, uh, my drives. You know, I've driven that highway, Highway 1, a lot. Now I've made a habit of stopping at every Taco Time on the way. So Medicine Hat, Swift Current, Moose Jaw. Yeah. It's pretty good. <clears throat> well, I don't want to get off topic because I see we got great vo uh, viewership here, and I want to uh, stay somewhat serious. I think they came here for serious talk. But what is, a, uh, what is a Taco Time Cantina? I saw one the other day. Is there something special about the cantina? Does it serve alcohol? Does that make it a cantina? <laughs> Does it have loungers? Maybe got margaritas going. That's it is Cinco de Mayo today, right? What? I thought Cinco de Mayo was always on a Tuesday. I think it's always the 5th of May. It, it is. That's oh, an okay. inside joke oh. between Dan Plaster and I. We were in WHL, the WHL draft 15 years ago, and we were sitting in a bar yeah. with less than honorable intentions. And there was a big party going on, and Dan goes, I thought Cinco de Mayo was always on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's Dan. Dan Plaster, broadcaster to the stars. John Ohm in Winnipeg writes in. He says, uh, he says, taco jokes can be so corny that they get a bad rap. <laughs> Come on, guys. First the drum. We'll Larry, wait for it. Or wah, wah, there you wah. go. Larry in Medicine Hat has won the gift card for the week. Right out of the chute. Coming in hot. Larry in Medicine Hat. Well... We've got our big guest out of the way, Cheryl Bernard, and Fridays will be Dave Dickinson right here at the Gray Eagle Stage Bar. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'll be honest with you, that's something of a watershed day, and I thank the Stampeders for sending him down. But I want to talk about what the viewers are talking about, whatever you want to talk about. You know, we are very popular in Winnipeg on Game Plus Television out there, Bell MTS Cable, and I'm a little surprised... And I saw this on Sportsnet Connected this morning that Elliot Friedman saying the two coaching candidates he's heard to coach the Jets are Randy Carlisle and Scott Arneal. I know we dabbled in this yesterday, but I saw with my own two eyes his report. This would be a lot of unrest. There is a lot of unrest in Winnipeg. Tons. 
What I read out of that too, and kind of looked in, didn't look really deep into it. But what I kind of got from that is those aren't the final two, or the two are going to get it, but. Those are the two that are catching Elliott's eye, and he's very intrigued by those two. Are the names he's hearing? I mean, as we know with the insiders and in that business, where there's smoke, there's often fire, and they don't just throw that around, right? I mean, there would be some no. substance there that those two are are definitely getting some consideration, and that's uh, interesting. You know, you got Chevy locked down now for three years, so that's taken care of. So now it's about finding the right coach that fits what he wants to do, and. You know, Chevy will talk about what he thinks his team's going to do. He'll probably have ideas about Mark Shifley and who's on board with that and what his plan is. And it looks like they're going to make some moves here. I wouldn't hire either one. I mean, I don't know much about Scott Arneal. Really a career assistant coach. He's never been a head coach, has he? I don't think. Was Not he in the head coach level. in Buffalo? Let me go to the big board. Yeah. Head coach in Buffalo at some point. Speaking of Winnipeg, I see that TSN is going to pick up um, the Moose games in the playoff. Great. Or home games, anyways. Okay. I still like to see them pick up the ice games. Uh, here is Scott Arneal from Kingston, Ontario. 730 NHL games with the Jets and Sabres. Um, coaching all. Oh, he's the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, 2013. Yeah. Head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets missed the playoffs both years in 2010 to 2012, but we won't put that on Scott Arneal. You know. But he was an assistant with the Rangers, the Capitals, and the Sabres. So, it was very well thought of there, but I just think that James, James Patrick would be my guy. But they're unhappy with Chevy getting a new deal, let alone who the next head coach is going to be. I know. You know? Carlisle's been a head coach in the league and has had some success, and you know, has been around a while, so you got there's a little more credibility, I think, there. Um, I think, yeah, if you're going to give a first-time head coach, I like the idea of James Patrick, but I also don't know with with this group right now. They're not really, again, it's up to Chevy. We don't know what the plan is, but I don't think they're ready to blow it up. I think there's enough great pieces that still can win you Stanley Cups. Whether you trade them for other pieces who can plug and play, or you go with that group because you're trying to go for a cup and still contend, I don't know that you want to take a chance on a first-time head coach. Well, yeah. Arneal, like I say, he did coach in Columbus as the head coach. Didn't have any success there, but nobody has any success there, so we're not putting that on him. So you almost count him as a first-time head coach, right? You kind of forget about those. Uh, didn't take long to get the Winnipeg people riled up. and This is what I wanted. I want the back and forth with the viewers. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We can talk about anything. We're, we're good that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a couple, uh, Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, Moose home games on TSN is good. Moose away games on TSN would have been better. <laughs> yeah, of course, but it uh, costs money, don't you know? Phyllis says, I'm following both the Moose and Ice playoff runs. Uh, from John in Edmonton, he says, viewership for the CFL draft is not good viewership. The NFL draft through the roof in Canada. What does the CFL have to do for the draft? I feel like we would should talk more about that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, when I was on CHML radio on what night was it? Tuesday with Scott Boo Radley. He was says, why is the CFL not a bigger thing? Why is it not like the NFL? I'm like, dude, we're, I talked about that three, four, five years ago. 
I know, and we only got ten minutes in the segment. I mean, this is a ten-hour right, conversation. Right. I said I don't. I've. Ex- I said I've expent hours, days, thinking about that, and I don't think about it anymore. But maybe we can talk about it when we come back. What do you got? No, I was going to say, they did take a step forward with those. They, the draft parties look cool. The fill pots and stuff. Like, that was a Looked big, a lot of fun. I would have liked to have been at that. Yeah, and I will tell you, that was likely in Delta, BC, where the guys are from. So people so, in Delta. No, 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 for sure. But I kind of was thinking, my first thought was, was that in Calgary? I could have drove down the road and been you at that party. You would have gone down the road. I would have been there in a heartbeat. And then I realized it was probably in BC. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on to something. We'll pick it up when we come back. Whatever you want to talk about. We're in full-on viewer takeover. Taco time. On board. There are daddy. On a burrito full Thursday. Buy one, get one half off. It's the RP show from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino on Game Plus TV. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Game day in Calgary. Flames stars getting after it. 8 p.m. Mountain in that place. The Scotiabank Saddledome. It is a viewer takeover for the love of burritos it's buy one get one burrito half off at taco time every thursday that's today darren even learned something last thursday at taco time member oh yeah you can get a soft meat and a crispy half off for the second how do you not know that i didn't know that the crisp uh, meat burrito was part of the i guess it's a burrito but you know it's just it's so good and so different than anything else you've ever had well so from the viewers, there's, there's, there's oof, so much to get into here. Um, they really are interested, obviously, on the coach of the Jets situation. And then, where is this dude just wrote in the Winnipeg, uh, Detroit fan, Finn on YouTube says, a big Detroit Red Wings fan here. I would give Mike Babcock a second go around with the team as the head coach. Um, not going to happen. He left once. You're the guy that says you can't go back. Do you imagine Babs Beckham? Who's the guy that went back besides Billy Martin? Who's the guy that went would went back? Daryl Sutter. Sutter. Never mind. Stop. stop. The exception that proved the rule. That didn't take you very long. Talking about Detroit? Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. But, would but if you take went back Mike to... Babcock back if you were the Detroit Red Wings? Yes. Yeah, I would. Yeah. It, it, well, and I'm a Babs fan, so I'm recusing myself from the. If you think that he's good for the young players that you've got in the room, and that, and they got some really good young players in the room, um, you know, the two that are up for the Calder, but Ken Holland's not there anymore. That was where the connection was. He left, being like, I love this city, right, and love the people, and I think he left on good terms. Yep. And then he slammed the door in their face. I think the door is absolutely open for him to go back to Detroit. You that know, would, you that know would be a great off. fit, actually. Maybe we should shoot him a text. He's probably watching wanna, the show. How do they know I'm going back to Detroit? I'll t- I'll, hey, I'll talk to his buddies. I don't need to talk to Babs. Oh, I bet the phone's ringing. I can talk to his posse. They'll give me the goods. Which one of them called me the other day. Can I say that? I was going to put it in my column on the weekend, but I'll say it now. You hockey people, stop calling me when you hear something on the radio that you think the host is an idiot. Did you hear so-and-so say blah, blah? I said, if you don't like it, don't listen. I don't listen. 
I listen to Country 105, the greatest country music station, well, in Canada. I, I would say the greatest station in the world is KVET, Austin, Texas. Okay. Uh, Austin's Country Original, 98.5 KVET. But Country 105 is the best in Canada. I don't listen to the sports radio here. For my own reasons, but don't call me to bitch about some, some idiotic thing said by a guy that doesn't know what he's talking about on the radio. Fair. I don't have the time. Um, so go back. I'm getting so off track here. Oh, on the draft party thing, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. writes in and he says, The answer to that question, Rod, is money. The NFL has it. The CFL does not. Easy. Well, we can't do this. We can't do that. This is why it won't work. This biggest reason why I'm not working in the sports business right now, one of the many ways, is the way sports has turned. And maybe I just had a bad experience. I'm not going to tell you who the Regina Pats president was because they've had a revolving door there. You'll never guess who it was. But years past, I don't even want to say the year, we had a, we had a player touted to go in the first round of the draft, a Regina Pats player. I was on the radio guy then. I was doing TV by then. I said, let's have a party at the Press Box Sports Bar. Round one is on TSN tonight on the front. Let's invite all our fans down. Wear your favorite Pats jersey for your favorite player. Let's just get everybody together and watch the draft. No, it won't work because of this, because of that. No, too much work. Blah, blah, blah. Well, screw it then. And then when TSN started doing the first couple rounds of the draft, because they've been doing that for quite some time, yep. the Rough Riders had a draft party at the Canadian Brew House. And you know the one in the South End. It's the yep. way we talk about it there in the sweatpants capital, the South End. Everybody with the team was up in this private area. You know where that is? Yep. And I'm there. I was working for the, at the time, I was working for the, I was the voice of the team. Do you guys want to get off your ass and go and visit with people? Or at the very least, open up the private area so fans can come in? What's the point of having a party? You might as well have it in Jones's basement. If you're going to be segregated from everybody. not going to talk to any fans. So we'll throw our own parties. And that... I was like you. I saw on Sports Center the highlight of the Philpot draft party. I'm like, that looked like a hell of a lot of fun. And now that you say that it was in Delta, BC, that makes sense. But does it take a lot of money, Wayne and Victoria, to throw a draft party at a local bar? I don't think it takes any money. It's free to reserve tables. Just a little elbow grease and a little um, ingenuity. But for the most part, a lot of the teams don't want to do it anymore. And again, this is not a CFL-wide thing or WHL thing or NHL. But this has been my experience. They either don't want to do it or they don't want to do it what I would think properly, so why do it at all? Um, Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, I, for one, would like it if RP took his talents to Portage Avenue and became the new play-by-play -play voice of the Winnipeg Jets. I couldn't afford the pay cut, Patrolman Pete. But thank you. That's very nice of him to say. It's extremely nice. Oh, Not interested. Not interested. Well, and um, Tacona in Winnipeg says if the CFL has money to do field changes, they got money for draft parties. I never thought about it that way, but what I did think was if they have the money to fly in all these players from around the world, global players that are never going to play it down for real, they got money to throw a draft party. Field changes, too. They have the money. 
Oh, yeah. And it's all about bringing fans together. Exactly. That's, that's the whole idea. That's how these brands were built, the teams. But it just, and it's not all of them, but it's some of the teams just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Too much work. When we come back, well, that one last thing. I was Lee and I at the soccer game the other day. I'm like, God, they don't have any programs. And I wish they would have programs. And Lee's like, nobody reads programs anymore. And I'm like, you sound just like the people in the office. Well, he was the people in the office. I look around the, he says, everybody's on their phone. I said, no, they're not. I look around the stands at Echo Field. Everybody's on their phone with the rosters. So I guess I'm the brontosaurus in the bunch. Well, I, and there's, but there's, there's value in it too, right? So you have to figure out where the value is for the most the amount cost. of people. And, yeah, all that. Yeah. <laughs> but we do love picking up those souvenir programs when we go to the Super Bowl and different events like that. Like, that is awesome. Absolutely. For sure, Taco Time viewer takeover when we come back. 902-518-3033. It's been quiet on the text line. If you're watching on Game Plus TV anywhere across Canada or the United States, fire us a text right now to make sure that it's working. Hmm. 902-518-3033. There's the number on the screen. Viewer takeover is brought to you by taco time we'll be right back on game plus youtube live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now Hashtag fire it up. Game day. Stars, flames, 8 p.m. mountain in that place. The Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Every time I see the words, I think of Peter Marr. <laughs> Every time. I just sit and look at that. I mean, that just, it gets me in the mood for game day. Like, it is game day. And uh, I can't wait. Oh, uh, there's so much. We don't have enough time. Ryan in Saratoga, New York, writes in, and he says, I remember being at Adirondack Red Wings game scouting through my program trying to find a player autograph. That meant you won a prize package from the Red Wings. I remember you had a comment about Victor Kui, the coolest president in pro sports, for sure, pro football. Oh, You said you had something about Vic. I admire the... Uh uh, honesty and how upfront he is and he doesn't hide anything and he was doing another Q&A on Twitter with the fans and one of them asked about are you going to bring back the game day programs and the, and the souvenir collector cups and seat cushions and he's like we're looking into it but it's not likely not going to happen and he's just being honest you know I think a lot of people would dance around they'd be like well it's really great we're looking into it we'll work on it and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do something knowing that they're not going to do it He's just honest. Fair. But what I would also like to say, then what are you going to do for the fans? That's what I would like to know. And he was talking about all that too, but for sure. That's the other side of it. Um, Jeff, the Stams fan, says, I used to love a nice glossy program. Didn't we all? But I don't know. Rod, you don't understand. You don't. I, you, know, that's, you can put that on my tombstone. <laughs> How many stories is that tombstone going to be? Rod did never understood. Your life insurance policy is not going to go to anybody else. Just the tombstone. For the cost, right? <laughs> yeah. Sell sponsorship on it. Like, 
We've taken out a $10 million insurance policy on, on you. It. It's just going to build the tombstone. Rod, we don't do yearly <laughs> yearbooks anymore because it costs too much. You don't understand. You how They all go to the Internet these days. It's all ball bearings these days because they're going to sit and go through the entire website and read the bios of every player and coach there. Maybe they do. I really don't. Looking but. at the pictures is cool. I think you probably need a yearbook and then inserts every week. Right? They're not doing that either, dude. No, I know. I know they're Although, not. having said that... The NFL teams are. I cannot... Yeah, the NFL. But, but what does the NFL know, man? Nothing. <laughs> Get out of the NFL. Bush League. The other day, I'm walking around the bowels of the Sandaldome, and there was a guy carrying a stack of the programs. You've seen him. Yeah. That the lower bowl... Get. Well, the Flames do it, by the way. Incidentally, they do hand out programs at the Flames game. Or lineups, anyways. And I'm walking behind the guy. And I said, hey, D-Mont, can I trouble you for one of those lineups? Guy turns, looks at me. That's what I got him for. <laughs> Pulls it out. <laughs> hands me a couple for game one. Nice guy. Yeah. They've been really nice to us here in Calgary. Uh, Finn on YouTube says, any take on the CFL proposing a 10-year collective bargaining agreement to the players? I think that's asinine totally ridiculous i don't have a take on it just play while you guys are fiddle farting around the world's moving without you pick it up smarten up get it done uh from phyllis she says that's not the same thing the hard copies last a lot longer i have lots of stuff from my younger years it's just a different world at some point i'm starting to realize Darren, it's just a different world mm-hmm it is. You know, tell what your mom said about Metro Pristai. Oh, how the teams used to do it. So the, she was watching the uh, Guy Lafleur um, funeral, the, the memorial service and everything, and how wonderful. And she's sending me Snapchats, knowing full well we would be on the air and I wouldn't get to watch it. So I probably watched an hour, probably watched the whole thing on Snapchat in 10 second increments. But she said, she was in tears and she used to she was a huge hockey fan and said how wonderful they did it and how the canadians just did it so right had all the former players in there it was so classy and she said the sports teams the good ones the old ones do it so right she said mitro Presti, who spent a lot of time in winyard when he passed away and they had the funeral at the rink both the red wings and the blackhawks made sure they sent flowers and sent rep representatives to the to the to winyard to pay tribute to Mitro Presta. He hadn't played for the team in how long, but they remembered, they know, and they just do things right. When Lauren Davis passed away in the Queen City, the longtime scout of the Oilers, the Oilers had all their top cheese were there. I want to say Kevin Lowe was there for sure. I think Tom Rennie, a lot of the business guys that you wouldn't know, and they would probably still do that. That wasn't that long ago, but that's the way the NHL did it for years mm -hmm. specifically those franchises like chicago they got a shirt and tie uh what do you call it edict or mandate that yeah. you better not show up for work not in a suit and tie man yeah year round well it's you just know. you know and, and it doesn't mean everybody has to the suit and tie is the only way but it's the culture you build right and you got to have a good culture whatever that means randy in winnipeg writes in and he says uh great show rp crew Florida big win tonight, 6-1. That's what he's calling. Sportsnet 360 has it in Canada. Paul in Winnipeg writes in and he says, Rocky Thompson, the next Jets coach. Maybe. 
Maybe. Um, I'm good friends with Rocky's agent. Rocky and I linked to a great WHL story from days gone by that I can't repeat here. Good times in Medicine Hat. It's a good town. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I was sitting in the dentist chair looking up at the TV monitor watching Global. 19 degrees here in Calgary. It's going to be 27 today in Medicine Hat. So your cousin Christine can enjoy the sun. Yeah, go out and get a tan, Chris. Uh, something's going on. Brian Goldstrom in Withrow, Alberta. Oh, thanks for the uh, text, the photo of the screenshot. I like when the viewers take screenshots, wherever uh -oh, they are. I like I the one from Popeyes the other day. Popeyes, chicken. <laughs> they take a picture of us on the wall. and That's an all-timer. Isn't it? Uh, Brian in uh, Withrow, Alberta says, Canadian college football needs a guy like Victor Kui to get university sports on the social radar. It's going to take a generation for it to be successful. Dude, he's got his hands full with the CFL. One at a time. Forget about Canadian university football. Don, our Navy friend, says, no Winnipeg Jets, not into the playoffs this year. As I get older, my fandom is not at all like it was when I was 25 to 30. Tell you what, man, that's your call. You're really missing out, though. You do you. Um... From Finn. Very good answer. Fiddle farting. Love that answer, Rod. We're out of here. See you tomorrow. You screwed up, Clark. Eh.